Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, talking with shadows. The conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whateley. And Mark SD, and a shout-out to our newest patron, Emily. <gasps> Thank you so much for signing up to become a patron. We super appreciate the support. Thank you so much. So super excited. Big hearts to you, and a lot of good support coming today to the channel. <laughs> as Vic came to the studio with some goodies. Okay, I was out buying like some furniture for upstairs because we're doing as well as renovating the studio. We're doing a lot of renovation on the house right now. And I was out buying a new piece of furniture for upstairs. And it turned out the guy knew Marcus I was buying the furniture from. And he gave us a chess pie and a box of like chocolate turtles. It was awesome. Well, you bought an expensive couch. What's it? it was kind of like a normal so, price like, couch. I think that if you're paying that much money, I think that at the least that somebody that, that they could do would be giving you like turtles and pie anytime you go if you're purchasing that much money. And just as a point, we are not sponsored by Pat's Comfortable Furniture Solutions, something like that. Uh, did you just buy random stuff? You didn't even know where it's from. It's Pat Causa Simplicity Furniture. Th- there we go. <laughs> we we are not. We're not sponsored by him, but we are bribed by him. That's true. So That's we're going to give him a shout out. Yeah, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to you because obviously Vic didn't even know where he was. Like, I'll sell hundreds of dollars. I don't even know where I am. I have it on a piece of paper. You got swindled by chess pie and, and chocolate turtles. <laughs> I'm going to try this chess pie. I got some magic beans to sell you, <laughs> by the way, if you'd like to, you know, get rid oh, of man, your this house. this is some good pie. Okay, this I'm is gonna, good. This I, is tasty. I like this. Let me, let me try some of this chess mm. pie. Chess pie is good. Mm. I don't think it's made with real chess, though. Like, ooh, that was creamy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really good. I like chess. I like chess pie. I don't know if they're connected. Mm. And this episode, we're going to be finishing off some of those cider boys because we still have uh, some of the peach county ones, the apple peach hard ciders. Oh, thankfully these are twisties because I didn't see a I didn't see a pop top thing. Although I don't normally like peach, pe- <clears throat> I don't normally like peach, but these are actually really good. That uh, that hard cider a little difficult for you there? No, I had too much <laughs> saliva in my mouth from the chest pie, and then like all the liquid hit, and it caused I don't know a catastrophic mouth failure. <laughs> oh man, that was, that's a good combination. I'm just saying, like peach hard cider and chest pie is a good combo. Just saying. Um, and uh, thank you so much. We didn't share our last episode. Our last episode that we did was over the Maelstrom UFO incident, which was a really cool UFO incident in which UFOs were spotted over these two nuclear missile uh, silo bases uh, in Montana. I do believe it was the was the location where they were at, and it was a really cool episode. And I highly check. I recommend you guys go check out the episode. So, Claudine ninety two. Cladine, I can never pronounce. I apologize for pronouncing your be name. Claudine, Claudine. Nah, I, I don't know. But anyway, Claudine ninety two says Ernest. Yes. Oh yeah, because we mentioned the Ernest movies last time. Yes, absolutely. Okay, for those of you who haven't seen them in forever, or perhaps have never seen them, 
Go rewatch the Ernest Halloween movie. It is freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Also, like, if you watch it when you're a little kid, like, it's surprisingly scary. But if you watch it as an adult, it's just absolutely hilarious. It's very dated, though. I would. I would I would watch Ernest Goes to Area Fifty One. Like I, I would, would watch I would watch something that. like that. Is I he would, alive? I don't think so. Or the guy who played him? Yep. No, I think the guy who played him is still alive. He should he should do this movie. Do some more of those. Okay. Uh Rendina says this is an epic pog moment for my fellas. Pog stands for play of the game, by the way. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about the little cardboard circle things. We are showing our age <laughs> like, by referencing pogs. <laughs> like those yeah i you know i was asking my mom about that the other day because i i'm not gonna lie i actually had to look up what pog meant like <laughs> like i won't lie either and i'm like what like what was that and my and then i was like i thought it was actually pogs and my mom said yeah i got real into those when i was a kid and i mean like <laughs> obsessive amounts like trash bags fulls of those things oh wow and my mom had no idea about how like she was worried about me because like i would because of how much like these little circular cardboard things i was just shoving in my closet like i i had I had, like, a small stack of them and had played a few games of it, but then I kind of realized it's kind of a lame game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut your whore mouth. Jay the Phoenix said, did you, uh, did you hear, speaking of UFOs, the U.S. Congress uh, has said two things. Cross-domain transmedium threats to the United States national security are expanding exponentially, and the second is that they want to distinguish from man-made and non-man-made objects when delegating which group handles reports and then they posted that in the link below neat i I saw like on the reddit feed there was a new article uh where the government had made a new statement on the or on ufos Mm -hmm. i just haven't had a chance to look it over yet well i mean it makes sense that like cross-domain transmedium threats to the united states are, are are going up exponentially um and well i mean we're 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 just in this age of like of, like, how many times have we had to see, like, whether or not if UFOs are drones or something like that. Like, we've yeah. seen a lot of those, and that's what it is. And it's just getting easier and easier as just drone technology is getting more into the average, into the hands of the average guy. And so. Oh, yeah. Um, like, with with enough money uh, and a yeah. bit of expertise in practice, I bet you I could fake a, um, a UFO sighting yeah. here. Now, I wouldn't do that. That's not really in my nature. But I, I really feel like it's something that I probably could yeah. pull off. I mean, I know I've talked about this before on the channel. Like, my dad and his buddy were responsible for several UFO sightings back in the 80s in Owensboro by, like, just putting candles inside, like, vacuum cleaner bags and just, like, let, let, letting them out. There are these, like, orangey, yellow oh, UFO they were doing, sightings. Oh, they were doing the floating candle thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, just there was all these UFO sightings in Owensboro in the 80s that my dad and his buddy just faked. <laughs> uh... Tales from the Dark Roast, which is a really good paranormal podcast that I recommend everybody going to check out. Big props to them. Uh, said So a couple thoughts and ideas. First, uh, doubt it was any sort of hovercraft. Those things are ridiculously loud, even just the small recreational ones you could purchase for yourself. Uh, my father has worked on landing craft air cushioned for about the last 30 years, and he has a number of coworkers that are deaf in one ear or other from other or the other from the sounds of the fans. They also don't normally get more than about six feet off the ground. Clearance, second thought, what if, and this is a big if, assuming it was an actual UFO, that they're not worried about so much about the destructive power of the nukes, but we fig- but that we figured out they cause EMP bursts. 
what if the war was over the human race figuring out how to harness EMPs as weapons? That's actually really interesting because, like, it kind of goes on a bit with my thoughts on how UFOs are actually propelled thinking it's something maybe not necessarily a ionic lifter, but something in the um, technological vein of an ionic lifter. And I wonder if, like, perhaps they would even be able to withstand the force of it, but not the disruption of it. Right. Well, I mean, okay, so... Post nineteen post nineteen sixties, okay, and you're and you're seeing like after the rise of like nuclear and hydrogen bombs, like it it really seems like there's a there's a decline in technology being of how much damage can we do to now it being more focused on how can we target particular types of damage to particular high profile targets. Yeah, precision damage yeah, uh, instead yeah. of mass damage. And then secondly, how can we neutralize the threat from our opponent for the same thing? Yeah. So, you know, this this started, you know, like, and you see that expanding into the 70s with these, like, clandestine agents. Like, you see, like, the rise of all the stuff from the, and the CIA and the, and, the, and the KGB and, you know, psychedelics and MK Ultra and all this other sorts of stuff. Like, really, you really start, like, harnessing into those particular types of technologies. So I think that this is one of those situations where both can be true at the same time. So I do think that this could also be something where the government's more worried about this EMP things, whether or not, if possible, this was a, a foreign entity that had developed that sort of e, EMP technology. Because that would like you know, it'd be yeah. bad. It'd be bad news bears as as evidence for what happened in that particular incident. Well, do you remember when they were the article first came out about how devastating it would be just to launch a um, nuclear weapon into mm-hmm. the atmosphere and allow the EMP to hit most of America? Mm-hmm. That article floated around for a long time. People were pretty scared about it, and <laughs> yeah, probably absolutely. rightfully so, because that's a little scary. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Tales from the Dark Rose, ac- excellent point. Thank you so much. And people should absolutely go check out that channel. It's a really good. It's, it's another really good paranormal uh, channel that's on the rise. Big prop, big prop to them out there. So, all right, guys. So we're we're moving into today's topic where we're wrapping up our talk about nuclear paranormal phenomenon with talking about. Um, uh, nuclear doomsday brotherhoods, groups of people that are really, really nice guys. Wait, wait, really wait, 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 pump what? the brakes, pump the brakes. <laughs> the moment you said brotherhood, I started to get a little worried. What are you talking about? You see, Marcus has this bad history of every time they look into freaking cults, they suddenly want to join all the cults they're now looking into. Please tell me you have not joined. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. I am not drinking Kool-Aid, and now I feel a little bit embarrassed to whip out these brochures and pamphlets that I have brought today. Never oh, mind. my God. I'm going to tell your wife. Never, She's going to be so mad at you. Never. Never mind. You always say this. Every single time that I find a really cool group of people that invite me onto their compound to hang out and listen to some higher truths. There's only one and- reason I... I tried to avoid the <laughs> cult topic on the channel. It's because you can't handle it. They told me they weren't a cult. That's <laughs> what every cult <laughs> they says. They flat out said on the on ever on their web, on these people's websites they are not cults. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna take initiative here <laughs> and try to get control of the conversation. Have you ever heard of Church Universal and Triumphant? That's uh, Universal and Triumphant. A universe. This church is Universal <laughs> and Triumphant. That sounds over the top. Like, it it kind of is. It's a very weird name. Mm-hmm. But have you ever heard of them? They're here in no. America. No, no, no. I, no I, I have not heard of this particular group. Okay. We're, today we're going to be talking about with these guys prophecies, doomsday bunkers, channeling, 
stealing mystical energy from the earth, and even the Count of St. Germain. You say doomsday, I say preparedness. I mean, they, they are very prepared. I will give them <laughs> this. They are very prepared. But okay. The church universal and triumphant, it technically started in 1975 with um, Elizabeth Clara Prophet. Although it did exist previously before Clara had even joined by other names, uh, she kind of married into the church, and then her husband, who was much older than her, died, and she kind of became the prophetess of the church and coined this new name for Wait, it. was this the same person that was writing all that stuff about, like, the underwater sea, like, Atlantis that was, like, stealing kids and all that that you were talking about? Oh, no, no, I don't, I don't think this person is involved with the Marine Kingdom stuff, which we are preparing a new patron video just on the Marine Kingdom. It's really, really crazy okay, okay. stuff. I didn't, like, okay, I was just asking for, for, for because I thought that that person's name was also Claire whenever we were talking about him in our episode. Okay, uh, continue. I, I don't think it's the same, but if it turns out that it is the same, I'm going to be super excited. <laughs> okay, okay. So, one of the... I'm going to talk about the ideology in broad strokes. Ultimately, it's a religion based on channeling with a fairly strong Christian and Buddhist leaning. Um, they believe that they can channel special individuals from history who have achieved special forms of enlightenment or made steps towards godhood. Uh, common channels being various saints, Christ, Buddha, and of course, the Count of St. Germain, because why not? Yeah, but just because Count of St. Germain. They also believe that they could go to special places and like attune with this special god energy. Now, in, when, in my looking into this, it was only spoken of in kind of vague terminology, and I'm knitting this a bit together with some of their other writings, but as I understand it, it seems that you can go to special places like mountains and things like that. Mm -hmm. And you can tap into this special God energy that's hidden away there and find this special connection, and it'll move you closer towards Godhood or enlightenment. Um, also, there are these enlightened masters hidden throughout the earth. And it sounds like they're that term before. literally just hidden throughout the, the earth because they seem to believe that there's these invisible hidden caves in some mountains where these enlightened masters dwell, which kind of makes sense. We've heard this from other cults talking about meeting specifically the Count of St. Germain hidden right. in these like hidden mountains and things like that. Question. Uh, did any of the church leaders that you are aware of claim to be one of these enlightened masters? Um, I believe uh, some of them have claimed to have ascended to being a enlightened master or at okay. least to a state of prophecy okay why, why do you ask I'm no i just that now. mean that's just a no i mean that's just that's a trend i mean amongst a lot of yeah, cults yeah, that yeah. you'll just see that the you know the leader of it will claim to be this either prophet ascended master one of these particular individuals the, the current Sorry. the current one is i believe their their current position is prophet yeah. uh as being the primary channel they also have this very unique form of chanting I had Ellie listen to it as well, and she believes it's based off the Buddhist tradition of a mantra just being done in English and very strange. Um, there's this belief that if you chant certain prayers as quick as you literally can, to the point where it sounds like talking in tongues, although they're still saying it in English, it makes it more likely to come true. So they have these special prepared um, chants and prayers just spoken in English and done so fast. It's just fascinating to listen to. It's almost his hypnotic listening to them. And it almost has this cadence of um, a nursery rhyme being done at breakneck speeds. 
No, like you can actually like that. Like I just prayed for a million dollars. Like, like you're talking like something like that. No, no, it's like it's just at that point where you can understand the articulation of the word, but said so fast you can hardly process the word. You can identify it, but it you it, it's almost impossible to describe. You would just have to hear it. It's such a unique sound in the way that they worship, and they believe that this specific form of chanting brings them closer to the divine. And um, chanting does tend to be a pretty big staple in most cult behavior. Well, to be well, to be fair, it's also a staple in most religious behavior as well because it's supposed to be repetitive behavior to become part of habit. I mean, fair enough. Although there are indoctrinational habit tools that can right, occur right, through right. chanting. Yeah, that was like, more of what I'm I was like, leading towards. To be fair, <laughs> I'm just. Um, I, I've never seen, um, I mean, the closest to this I've seen in a major religion is, um, probably it is close to mantras, where you are repeating it, it's just you're doing it super fast. And I've heard mantras done in English, they don't really sound similar to this, because they're done just so freaking fast. Did they ever explain, or they, did you ever see why they're talking so fast? Um, it wasn't explained to me beyond the point of they believe that this brings them closer to God. I believe it's something that they had learned through channeling. Although I can't confirm that because channeling is a very big aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's kind of a almost like a cult of personality built around these prophets that are capable of channeling. Did you say when they were founded again? Um, Another th- day. This, this church was specifically founded in 1975. 1975, okay. But the thing is, it's based on a church that had well pre-existed, I think going back to the 19, or I think 1945. Yep, that's what I thought too. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it's from that era. Yeah. Although it is still around today. No, I believe, no, well, I, well, I mean, I, I believe that there's, you know, we've, we've seen this, you know, we've seen this before. I think in some other types of, of cult behavior that started around like the ni- the 1940s, and, and you see this rise in channeling uh, through some of these like cults and, 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 and religions that formed out of that 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 time period after 1945. Like you're just, you're you're channeling these ascent like to these either is, are they channeling to the ascended masters or they're, they're channeling the ascended masters? Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, or the divine or whoever they're channeling. Usually to. in this specific group, the. Um, Targets of channeling are almost always saints, Jesus, right. Buddha, or the Count of Saint yeah. Germain. Because when Ellie and I did the Aetheric Society, that was a similar thing that they, yeah, yeah. that they did too, where they were channeling and they were trying to get these ascended masters and you know Jesus, Buddha. And in all in that. many ways, it has a Aetheric Society vibe, but we're going to oh, take yeah. a hard, hard turn here. We're taking a really, really hard turn from channeling uh, aliens on other planets. Um, yeah, this is going to get maybe a little more off-cuff. Okay. Okay. So they decide that they're going to buy up this large plot of land, basically a ranch just off Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. And they build a massive bunker because all these divine beings that they're channeling is predicting a nuclear holocaust, that the world will, will be destroyed right. in nuclear fire. And basically they, they create their this doomsday prophecy. Uh, they also start enacting this tithe. And I, I believe, based on uh, the amount, it, it has to be something that they took out of the Bible, because I do remember a verse saying 10%. Mm-hmm. And they start taking 10% of the income of all their followers. Which, of course, when you have a lot of followers, 10% of income is a lot of money. 
And they built this massive bunker. bunker. They start filling it with food. They start filling it with weapons. They start uh, getting to the point where they can't acquire enough weapons legally. And they start buying them illegally. (laughs) And that's why a lot of news reports came out about these guys in the um, early mid-90s. Because they got caught buying huge amounts of weapons illegally. Well, you know. You see, like, a large, a huge uptick in the ATF doing these raids on some of these groups, um, on some of these, uh, like, people stockpiling massive amounts of weapons. And this started off this in the 90s. odd um, this odd kind of pseudo-war between them and the yeah. locals, where they started getting tons of harassment from the locals, because the locals were starting to get pretty scared of them. Yeah. Um, there were even uh, news groups that managed to get walks around their bunkers, and their bunkers are very impressive, like... If you're thinking about your buddy who's a prepper who has a really cool bunker, no, times that like, by, like, a thousand. Like, okay, so this was a really weird thing about the 90s that I just don't think a lot of people realized was how many documentaries of people touring cult compounds there are. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I was looking at about four other cults before I was doing this, and I was all looking at, at crap from the 90s for them just touring their bunkers and stuff. I'm like, this is most, some of the most open groups that I've just ever seen. Being like, come on, we'll show you our large stockpile of AK-47s and foodstuffs. Well, and, cults want to appear as a open group while oh, being yeah, yeah, a yeah. closed group. Yeah. You say bunker, we say shelter. You say <laughs> yeah, doomsday, yeah, yeah. we say preparedness. You say cult, <laughs> we say brotherhood. And I think that's a important part of being a sustainable cult, which I proved personally, I, I'm kind of iffy well, if most cults should be sustainable, but they have to give this perception of openness and transparency well, yeah while in practice doing the opposite right well no cult no person that was ever <laughs> in a cult realizes that they're in a cult like you don't know until no, you know, that, that's the point until they like lock the doors like you know and you just sort of realize like oh crap you know it's like when you're ready to leave and like no nah, we got other plans for you at that maybe these guys aren't as bad as i'm i'm saying because like they didn't then take those guns and go do anything real crazy with them. Yeah, because they, they got taken away. Well, <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. I'm not, pray- I'm not. Well, that's fair. <laughs> they, they had an awful lot of like, guns, and at, yeah. I, as I understand, they still have an awful lot of guns. Oh yeah, no, but they're still active today, right? Yeah, yeah, they're right, still right, active. right, right. And I'm not knocking them. I mean, I get it. Um, I mean, it's just you know, I, there have been other examples in which cults that they're that they've been you know stockpiling weapons, and then you know bad things happen. But there's something I think more interesting in the conversation when it comes to them. Something right. where I'm going to get into a little bit of speculation, but something we've talked about in the channel, and it's we've been talking about this since I think our first year, like doing the YouTube channel. Right. Um, remember, like our first uh, big video on shadow people, right? And we started talking about like uh, how it seems like they're trying to engage in forcing you to feel certain emotions, and mm-hmm. it seems like they're feeding off that. Well. Think about it like this. If we take them at face value on the channeling, they're basically getting connection with something. The something can never really prove it's who they say it is. And it's telling them things that's getting them all kind of corralled into one location and then putting them in a more or less constant state of fear of this appending doomsday. It seems to me that one possibility if you buy the theory that these creatures are one or these entities are wanting to feed off human emotion for one reason or another that if you could corral a bunch of people into one area and keep them in a heightened state of emotion for a prolonged period of time that sounds like basically a farm <laughs> it sounds like something right. trying to feed because the thing is we there's no way with channeling 
to hardly ever get a sense of what are you channeling. I mean, why do they say it's Christ? Probably because the thing says, oh, hey, I'm Christ, or oh, hey, I'm the Buddha, right? or oh, hey, I'm the Count of St. Germain, yeah. and then they trust them intrinsically. Yeah, it's like the conversation is never, it's always like, oh, this is what they say that is, and nobody ever like questions about whether or not if they're being honest. Yeah, it has a real stranger danger vibe to it. Right, absolutely. Well, I mean, also, to be fair, when one of the things that cults do is they create this sense of fear. And what happens when people start getting afraid, you know, they start grouping together. Like, they start grouping together in, 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 in large amounts of groups. Nobody who feels, I don't think people that just genuinely feel safe, they're not reaching out to other people. Like, if you're feeling scared, you're going to start reaching out to others around you. So I also think that there's a there's a logic behind cults of why they're trying to create this sense of impending doomsday out of people. So they need the group in order to be able to survive. But think about some of our discussions on red-eyed shadow people. Right. About how they seem to stalk someone and they try oh, yeah. to make them um, like disconnected from others and then harass them and just seems to try to keep them in that state of fear. This oh, is yeah. almost a group oh, version yeah. of doing this because the cult, although leans on each other, does not reach outside that cult. And it just seems like a very sim- similar modus operandi that a red-eyed shadow person does but on a greater scale. Right. And it's not having to show up in manifest because it has this channel. It doesn't need to show up and scare the piss out of you. It just sends a message to the prophet, and then the prophet scares the piss out of you. Well, we've also talked about this in the form of when we talked about, say, like tulpas and uh, and etrigors at the same time. You know, one of the things that getting, you know, one of the things that those things require is people believing in them. And chanting is a really good way probably to create that sort of emotional, mental connection to people and then getting them to all at once be able to picture or try to, like, in- engage with it to feed it or something like that, you know, to give it some sort of manifested visage. And there's other groups that's talked about these entities generally called tricksters. Basically, supernatural entities that are just out there waiting for someone to channel them or waiting for someone to, to touch the Ouija board or basically reach out to the other side in some way. And then they basically fake being someone the person wants to talk about, trying to get their attention, their direction, and get control over them. And, like, I, I can't sit here and prove that that's the case. Just something that I think is, if, if, if one believes in all these things, and one takes them serious that they are actually channeling, channel, uh, channeling something, not just making it up, then I would be worried about this. I, I personally, I, I don't take channels real seriously. I, those of you who've listened to the channel for a long time know channelers are something that I don't really care that much about. I think that most of the time either they're A, faking it, or B, probably not actually talking to the person that they think they're talking to. <laughs> right. So even if they're not lying... They're probably at least being deceived. Didn't they say that the the world was supposed to end in like in the night? Did you say it was? Oh, it's like every Doomsday cult. I believe the first time they said it was it's in it's going to happen in the early nineties, and then when it doesn't happen, they just push it back and push it back and push it back and push it back. And we we see that um, we we see this happen with pretty much everyone who's bold enough to give a date (laughs) to the end of the world. Well, that's why you don't see really like today. You don't see like modern. You don't see 
them giving dates anymore because they sort of have <laughs> learned what's what's happened in the past. Because if you get a date and you get boxed in, then something doesn't happen. Then yeah, now you're screwed. And I was just sort of, oh, I feel it coming. <laughs> I feel it coming, people. Like at any moment, you know, like 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 type deal. Like a lot of these nuclear doomsday cults, you know, they they've just dwindled over time, just because like all of these predictions were always like either like in the you know seventies, eighties, or nineties, and then they didn't come, and then. You know, we thought maybe around the 2000s, and then now we're 20 years later after that, and now they've dwindled down to much smaller numbers. I don't know. I think this sort of um, behavior kind of ebbs and flows. No, it does. Like you'll see yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah, of them yeah. rise up, and then a bunch of them will fail, and it'll go away for a while. Right, right. And you kind of see these trends happening periodically, because I think it was also being in the 20s and 30s before that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as far as, like, I meant, like, when nuclear doomsday cults as well. Oh, specifically saying. nuclear doomsday cults. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. No, yeah, you see, no, you do see, like, ebbs and flows during, like, tremet, like during during hard times with some of these cults. No, ab, ab, it does ebb and flow for sure. I just meant for, like, nuclear doomsday cults. They're really, like, they just, they're, they've just been on, like, a, just a downhill trend since uh, the attendance with the 70s. I'll give them this. The world drowning in nuclear fire is pretty scary. <laughs> right. Well, to be fair, though, but you don't see many people right now be, being, like, that's not their big fear. Like, if you ask somebody in the 60s or 70s, like, you know, like, do they think that, you know, nuclear, like, nuclear winter is coming? Most of them are going to think yes, and they were concerned about it. Most people, if you walk around today, they're not doing that. Or at least, even if they say it, their behavior doesn't says otherwise to me. Well, also, we've become kind of immersed in the sense of world danger. The thing is, like, something can only be scary to you for so long. Your mind can only handle something being traumatic for so long till your mind then adapts to it. Right. We're all aware that at any moment the human race can go extinct from a few people pushing buttons. Right. We're, we're all more or less knowledgeable of that. And our choice is really shut down with worry or, okay, yeah, that's a possibility. But let's just go about our day as if that's not going to happen. And I think that's more or less how we keep going, is just agreeing, we all agree that this is possible, but let's just act like it's not going to happen so we can actually get some work done. Right. And I think like we're a little closer to that worry right now with the whole Russia-Ukraine thing. Right. It's definitely been talked about more on the world stage this year than I think it was the previous year. Mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it comes up, but I think that, I think when you see more technology coming post 1970s that are being designed to try to inhibit nuclear arms or discourage nuclear arms building or taking these things out or whatever what have you i think that has caused people to be less concerned about like a nuclear world war three or like the or like the end of the world I, i do think that tensions are somewhat high for it but i don't think it's anywhere near the rhetoric that you were seeing in, say, like, the 1970s, like 1969, 1970. Yeah, and even, like, if you compare, like, our mindset now compared to the Red Scare mindset, right? we're we're in a very different mental place than back then. I, I believe that, like, the sense of terror with it has died down since then. We It's more of we've hit that point of acceptance, for it, that we that we just all acknowledge it could happen, but th- that's about um, all I really had on the church of uh, <laughs> uh, of universal triumph or what, whatever. No, no, you're fine. But um, I, I I just really wanted to get into that idea of what 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 if the what if these things they're channeling are just lying to them for <laughs> for a, a more nefarious purpose. You never know. That, that's not sure. 
Uh, like one of the ones that I was looking at was this nuclear doomsday cult called the, and it comes out of Japan called the Am Shinrikyo. I can never pronounce that right. That uh, was founded by Shoko Ashara in 1987, and uh, this is a gentleman that when he was when he was born, as he was coming up, got really, um, as he was coming into adult, got really like into, into yoga, meditation, and then got really into blending. Buddhism, Hinduism, and then like uh, Christian apocalypse, <laughs> like, like revelation thinking, like like it just sort of like snuck in there and sort and believed that he himself that he was Jesus and that he was going to take the sins of his followers onto him and then could give them spiritual power and then believed that the world was going to end in the nine and was like nineteen ninety seven yeah so he takes my sin. And I get superpowers. Oh yeah! Oh, Sign me oh, up. Oh, Sign me up. That sounds oh, like a great oh, deal. Yeah. No, they okay. So they so they believed that the United States was going to initiate World War Three with nuclear Armageddon. It was absolutely convinced of this, and was convinced that he could give people superpowers and if they followed his teachings. They would keep them safe, and they would develop superpowers. Like a lot of like I know that like Vic was talking about this cult that put out like anime and cartoons. What I didn't yeah. realize ahead of time was that was these guys. They put out this huge, like, anime and cartoons trying to recruit young Japanese people into their cult. How'd it work out? It worked really well. <laughs> actually, actually, they uh, they recruited, like, I think at the height of their power, like, 10,000 people. Mm, respectable uh, numbers. Yeah. Well, it gets, wor- well, it gets worse than that. Uh, and then they ended up starting, like, expanding globally. And they actually ended up with more russian followers than japanese followers really yeah like he goes into russian uh, in early 1992 and and like gets like thirty thousand russian followers Whoa. yeah like this 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 cult was no joke like this cult was really about building these compounds all over the world and they had compounds in russia they had compounds in japan there was even a compound in Australia, which there's whole conspiracy theories about that they were trying to develop and use a nuclear bomb uh, in in Western Australia, and uh, and if you don't know what this particular cult was responsible for, like they were responsible for two massive sarin gas attacks in the early nineties. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, actually yeah. familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like he he was really convinced that like if you followed if you followed their particular teachings that you would develop powers. Like most of their animes are all about like him like being like if you follow my path of enlightenment, you'll start like levitating and getting all these other like third eyes and all these other sorts of superpowers you could develop. And getting it's pretty convincing. I'm just saying, like if you told me that I could get all these superpowers, I'm like I want to levitate. I want to fly. I want to get smarter. No, no. He, here's the trick. Like I said. Sign me up if he can do it. I want to see some evidence. I, I want to see, like, someone floating around or shooting, like, laser eyes or something. Mm. I, I'm not going to follow the, trust me, you're going to get superpowers. <laughs> I, I need to I need to see it. It needs to be repeatable. Yeah. No, well, no, there was, there was, uh, there's photos and stuff of him supposedly levitating and, and stuff, too. But, you know, you can easily hope I mean, some of that stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, just take a picture of me jumping in the air, and then I'll go, well, oh, I was totally floating. Okay, so there's there's this famous magician trick where it's like the floating yogi, like floating, yeah. like, like like you know, soothsayer, where they're like, they've got, like, their cane in their right hand, and they're just le- sitting there levitating. But you can see is there's, like, a bar that's going through their arm, like, through their robes, down to, like, a platform that they sit on. 
and stuff. And that's how they do that. That's how they do that particular trick. I will say for record, though, in his photos, he doesn't have one of those canes, but I'm just saying. And that's definitely the only way you can convince people that you're levitating. No, but this, the thing was, was this got, this got so popular, like, during the 90s uh, as a movement that they actually, like, he ran for government. Like, he ran for members of the cabinet. And uh, <laughs> so their, uh, their whole platform, like, the way they, they tried to advertise. Was this in Japan? Yeah, this was in Japan. Was dancing and singing, so like that was the real popular thing. Is like he or his followers like would show up and they would just do these floats and they would like do like they would like sing and and chant and dance and all that stuff. And that was like their gimmick their entire time. They should probably show off those superpowers. Well, okay. Before we go further, I want to sure. know: Do you know why they were so effective in Russia specifically? <sighs> I think. Okay. I think if I had to make a guess, I think that Russians at the same time were concerned, similar to people from the United States, about nuclear war. I think that would be another reason about why that would be very popular there. Um, that would be that would be one of my guesses. Uh, I think that their message of self love, accepting, and it would it was I mean it was generally overall a very positive bright and happy experience so that's that's what makes me think why this would be very appealing i think in russia in the early 90s interesting like that's that's my guess as to why i think that would be so popular and this is like during the early 90s that's during a period of westernization for russia correct correct correct. okay okay correct so they're being they're already kind of being exposed to a lot of new ideas right right well i mean to be fair this was also this was also being birthed out of like so like 1957 was when freedom of religion comes to japan Mm-hmm. And you start seeing a lot more of these sort of like esoteric movements starting to pop up in Japan around, or like around this time, because they're letting in like new ideas. And it's not like radical new religions isn't kind of on brand for Japan, anyways. Because like even during the Sengoku Jedi, you had the Iko Iki rising up, and it was kind of just like, oh hey, here's this super like. We're going to overthrow the uh, shogunate religion. And yeah. uh, then next thing you know, they have a bunch of armies yeah. and they're like knocking around uh, Oda Nobunaga. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and, you know, during the 80s, you see a rise in Christianity in Japan as well. Yeah. Um, like uh, John Paul II makes his first appearance in Japan in 1981. And so you're starting to see this influx of Christian ideas into Japan. And then, you know, seven years later, you see the foundation of this cult, you know, <laughs> with, with some very christian uh end of days sort of you know i i don't i i don't and you know and then they boom i don't think that there's a i think those those two things are probably more connected i want to double back to something that we kind of glanced over earlier sure the sarin gas attacks oh yeah yeah yeah. so we just so there's two so it was march 20th 1995 and then there was june 27th 1994 now the one that's most popular is the was the one was the one that was in 1995 and that was the one they were eventually arrested over and so they, this guy, so, okay. So part of their methodology was they were really about recruiting young Japanese intellectuals out of university. And they were very good about this. And I think part of what he, what he was wanting to do was he was wanting to be able to essentially harness some of these disenfranchised Japanese youth. And you start seeing chemists and biologists and uh, all these other sorts of scientists and physicists that are coming into the fold, students that are coming into his fold uh, during this time that are very upset about this. And they got really into developing sarin gas, like sarin gas formulas. 
and uh, so the one that was in that was in was the one that we got in trouble for was it was the Tokyo subway, uh, and they released gas along these Tokyo lines, and they end up killing like thirteen people. They injured fifty, and like almost a thousand people uh, had vision damage from that particular attack. Uh, and uh, then there was the one that was in 1994, and that was at the Matsumoto sarin gas attack. That was the Mas- Matsumoto gar- sarin gas attack at that time, uh, where he was trying to assassinate some judges that he that was uh, they had like a pending like real estate dispute that was going on right now like in civil court and he was trying to assassinate some judges um that i think they were they were going to ruling against him or it wasn't going well and was costing him money so he attempted to assassinate him um and actually when i was talking about the uh the compound that they had in western australia um what happened with there was yeah they suspected that there might have been a nuclear attack there but actually whenever they investigated that compound they actually ended up finding a bunch of canisters and different things of different like sarin gas formulas that they were experimenting upon on like on sheep and stuff uh, in Western Australia. What was their motive behind the sarin gas attacks? <sighs> I think that part of what, okay. I think what they would say out loud, what it was, was that they believed that if they kill people, they were trying to like stop bad karma. Like they were trying to like essentially stop the like bad karma from spreading all over Tokyo was what essentially would what was what their followers were trying to say would, would was, was saying at the time. Um, I, that would really be my weird. guess. Yeah. Well, that was the whole reason about why they would commit violence, right? Like they were they would commit acts of violence in order to like hinder bad karma from spreading all over the place. How 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 does how does that hinder bad karma from we, spreading? You stop the person who's about to commit the bad karma, like spreading bad karma. Like I kill you for spreading, and I stop your bad karma. My sins are forgiven by our oh, glorious okay, prophet okay, okay. who's taking all of his where, sins on him. Yeah, That's so right. Yeah, so it's sort of like all going back to him. Yeah. Because I'm like, this just sounds like you're creating more bad karma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Well, that's, again, that's why it doesn't make sense because they're like, they're like blending Buddhism, Hinduism, and Christianity into this, and it starts just getting really confusing. Now, in reality, what I think what this actually was, was I think that they end up, they're actually end up like attacking like political rivals. They're attacking people that are like just enemies and getting in their way. I think that was part of what their plan was. Um, that would be to try to stop them as they were trying to gain power. Because, I mean, these people were like serious. Like when they went to Russia, one of the things that they were doing was they were training with Russia paramilitary groups at the time. And so, I mean, at one point, they actually, like, purchased, like, an actual, like, an attack helicopter from the Russian government. That's a, that's something a cult needs. Yeah. Their, their yeah. own attack helicopter. Yeah, they spent, like, 50. I mean, I think they, like, they, I think one of their compounds in, in Australia was, like, it was, like, $50 million when they were, whenever they were purchasing all that stuff to, like, make that sarin gas factory. Damn. Like, this was not a, this was not an organization that was to be taken lightly, like a hooky call. Like, they were on the rise until they actually got busted. For that sarin gas attack, and then they got, and then their founder, uh, like uh, their founder Shogo, ends up in, ends up in jail. Ends up getting executed. Like I think it was like 2012 is when he gets executed. Oh, and I'll also like to point out too, like during his whole defense, his defense was that he was crazy. Oh, <laughs> like okay, what? One more question: How were they able to amass that much wealth? Like, um, I know the, the group right. I talked right. about, like, they had that tithe going on. Did they have something like that? Yeah, they that had a similar you know? thing. Well, they were they were recruiting rich people. 
Okay, so so they're kind of targeting yeah, yeah, the yeah. people who already had the resources. Yeah, they were targeting like young affluent college people that were that 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 like in Japan and their families and stuff and trying to recruit and trying to recruit them into this. And I think that was that was a big part of it. Like they were they weren't they were no joke. I mean, like I said, they it was a real estate go- agent gone bad. That was the reason for the lesser known sand gas attack. Um, was over a dispute over that. Man, this guy must have had a really really good pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I. Well, I mean, I think that I think a lot of people are often looking for sort of that self-help person that's probably offering something like that. And I think that if you're a person that's vulnerable like that, a person people like this are the ones that just they offer stuff like that to people. You know, like I said, they were going after like the this particular cult was going after like disenfranchised Japanese youth that were upset about the university system in Japan at the time and how difficult and how hard that it was and that pressure that they were always under constantly all of the time. Yeah, and this is, I believe, also during the recession in Japan yeah. where, like, you have all these young people and there's no jobs for all these young people. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, imagine you're a person, that's, you're a young person in Japan that's like, go to school, go to work, work hard, work hard, study, 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 study. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And then here comes a guy that comes along and says, you know, hey, I have this path of inner peace, enlightenment, and relaxation. What are you going to go for? I mean, really? I, I mean, mean, it's not like it, they were probably even able to get a job at that yeah, point because you know, the market just wasn't there for all these young people to be able to even find jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay, what what's your final thoughts on oh, some of this God. stuff? I think that I think that when you have these sorts of scary existential threats to humanity, we end up going we our innate reaction is to is to is to is to cut is to huddle up, okay, in groups for safety. And I think that's what most of these cult leaders are really preying upon to people. They're preying upon that fear to people. Uh, I think that if you find people who feel powerless and disenfranchised, you sell them a package that implies meaning. And often, if they're in a bad enough state, you don't even have to sell it hard. You can get people to believe most anything. And I think an excellent platform to utilize this is through, you know, nuclear weapons. Like, it's a lot easier to right. pitch a, like, nuclear-based Armageddon than compared to, like, a supernatural-based Armageddon. Because one, you at least already have the existing context and framework right. for. Well, it's, it's a threat that the average person doesn't know how to handle. No, then there's not really a good there's, answer. Yeah, you can't, there, I mean... You know, you if one launched, yeah, you just hope somebody else takes care. Like with a situation like that, means only hope is that somebody else intervenes. Yeah, that's otherwise we're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like th- there's nothing you can really do to, or not much that you can really do to yeah. actually stop it. You just kind of cope and go on with your day. Yeah, and what do these cults come along with? They come along with a path for a person to feel like they're getting that sense and of power and a lot back. of cope. Yeah, and a lot of cope. You know, th- to give them that sense of power back and take it away at the same time. That's what you guys think. Uh, is there a nuclear? Uh, what What did you guys think about the two cults that we talked about today? Do, uh, is there a nuclear doomsday cult that you think that uh, is another interesting one that we didn't bring up today? Uh, get, leave us a like, leave us a review, hit subscribe, hit that notification bell so you can stay up to date when we put out new content. But until next time, guys, keep believing because we'll keep listening. All right, guys, we're going to slide into the Pillow Talk segment of this podcast. If you want to check out the rest of this awesome podcast, all you got to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up. 
uh, for as little as a dollar a month, either of these awesome podcasts as well as bonus episodes that we put up. And if you sign up for $2 more a month, then you get access to our poll where you can vote on the theme of the content. Uh, and this month's content is going to be about phantom creatures. I am so excited. I am willing to talk about Hellcats. I am willing to talk about Bar Guys. There's this is going to be a really this cool is, one. This is going to be this is going to be a good month. We're super excited about that. And as well as that, guys, uh, we we need we were making an announcement about this. Uh, get prepared. October eighth, uh, we are going to be at the Virginia Sasquatch or the Virginia Squatch Festival uh, out there at Wires Cave, Virginia. Uh, where we're going to be doing a presentation on how to debate with skeptics about Bigfoot. It's going to be an awesome presentation, and we really hope that you guys come out. Uh, we're going to put links uh, below so that way that you guys can get tickets, you guys can get information on on the event. So it's going to be a really good time. Definitely come out and check and hang oh, out yeah. with us. It's going to be fun. Um, so for the Patriot section, for the Pill Talk section, I thought that we could go a little bit deeper into talking about specifically what happened in Western Australia uh, with the Om cult. Uh, they get attacked by uh, furry porn. Uh, no, like but our we, Discord did, we did again, again. again. Uh, <laughs> so Vic, much furry porn. Uh, Vic, Vic Whaley protecting the one candle patrons from furry porn uh, since whenever, whenever I'm born. <laughs>